Indeed it is, and it is Saturday morning. Welcome, my friends, to our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. If you would like to be part of this morning's presentation, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. So much to discuss, and he is on the line already, one of America's I don't even know what to call him anymore. I mean, he's a broadcaster, he's a journalist, he's a columnist, he's an author, he's a know-it-all, except when it comes to music. Derek Hunter um, <laughs> Just call in me the house. I want all my checks made out to, what all my friends call me, Cash. Cash. <laughs> and I also call him Mr. Wiggles sometimes. Because anytime you catch Derek in something, he can always wiggle out of it with some fancy use of language. Yeah, he's, he words has words he, have meaning, James. Words have meaning, my friend. Yeah, they do, and you can twist that meaning any way you want to. You're one of the skilled people that can do that. I've never been able to do that, but you, 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 you are just in. You, you're great at it. But let me ask you. I should have been a, a lawyer. Question. No, you are doing exactly what you need to do to help this country get back on its feet, Derek. Um, this verdict, the uh, E, e whatever, Carroll verdict, $83.3 million for defamation. You want to know against... what my favorite part is? What? The point three. What's the negotiation? <laughs> like, well, I think we should give her uh, $83 million. No, that's just not enough. All right, well, how about 84 That's too much. We need to find a place in the middle there. Like, what, what is that? 80, I'm pretty sure $80 million would have covered it, but no, $83.3 million. And it's always this way in, in jury verdicts in civil cases where they come up with some random number. It's like, is there a series of dice in the back that we don't know about? How does this come up? But, yeah, she will. Uh, she's not going to see any of that money for a very long time, if ever, because of the appeals process. But I, I just I always get a kick out of the... The decimal point. Like, what's wrong with round numbers? Yeah. Oh, by the way. Hands three hundred thousand extra dollars. On today's show, Princess Di is not going to be with us today, but we are going to speak with America's small caffeinated mom. Derek is here now. We uh, are going to speak with Bob Brown later. WABC News, and we have Derek here, and we have Fanny News too. Which I'll get to later Basically, because you I, don't do anything then, James. You just kind of show up and let other people do your job. And you're the one who's getting paid. You figured it out. You figured it out, Derek. Nice racket you got there. Yeah. You figured it all out. There you go, Mr. Wiggles. Um, <laughs> I got, I, there's so many things I want to ask you about, Derek. Uh, so there's E. Jean Carroll, Nikki Haley. Oh, here's the first question, and I was thinking about this last night. See, I do prepare. I was. I, I want to ask Derek a question. You sure don't sound like it. I, that, there's so much I want to talk about. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I want to ask you, but I do prepare, but it doesn't Derek, stick. here's the question that I've been thinking about for last night. Mm. Back when you were in your Trump-hating days, your open Trump-hating days, mm. which I remember very well, who did you really want to be the Republican nominee? Asa Hutchinson. You are so lying no, right now. I wanted now. Ron DeSantis. Oh, okay. And and now that Donald tell, Trump it was pretty obvious. 
And now that Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee, whether he gets called that or not, are you satisfied with it? Do you, are you, where, where do you really come down on this? What do you think is going to, as the campaign unfolds, barring any unforeseen circumstances, which can always present themselves, and what uh, the Wall Street Journal is calling this uh, potentially the longest presidential cycle ever, general election cycle. Didn't Donald Trump announce, like, in February of 2021? Like, it's been a while. No, um, I've resigned myself to it. I don't know. Like, I'm opposed to the Democrats. I'd resign myself to it being anybody, honestly. Um, I don't want it to be Joe Biden again. It's not, well, I don't want it to be a Democrat because you never know. Like you just said, things can happen. I don't want it to be a Democrat. I definitely don't want it to be Joe Biden. I want Joe Biden to be cognizant long enough to be aware of a humiliating defeat and a complete and total rejection of the American people. I'm not sure he's there. I'd like to think he is. But I want him to not only stick around, but I want him to be aware, alert of just how large the recoil is from him and what he's done. Right off into well, the sunset. Well, Joe Biden, will, by the way. Full well, nobody wants him around. Today, Joe Biden is saying he's going to close the border. He gets this uh, legislation that the Senate is offering, which... It, I don't know quite know what to make of this. You have you senators right like now Mike if he Lee. To. There's nothing stopping him from enforcing the law. There's no well. Republicans need to repeal the law that prevents me from enforcing the law. No, it's Joe. They always say it's a broken Im- uh, immigration. It's not a broken immigration system. If you only I- enforce ten percent of it, it's not going to work. It's designed to work altogether. If you take a new car, brand new, runs like a dream. And you open up the hood and you just start pulling pieces out and throwing them on the ground, cutting wires and everything. Do you really think it's going to work? Yeah. Well, Joe Biden says that he will, if this new legislation passes, he'll shut down the border. And at the same time... Stop me before uh, I kill again. If you give me what I want, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Wouldn't we hear this song back in 86 with Ronald Reagan? If you give me, um, give us amnesty... We'll gladly pay you amnesty for, or we'll gladly pay you border security for amnesty today. No. no, They don't understand. They're trying to cut a deal that the American people will not accept. And, you know, I guess Democrats just want to plow forward with it. But if Republicans don't wake up, if the Lindsey Graham wing of the party wins, and Republicans don't wake up and realize that we're not interested in a deal, we're interested in a sealed border and mass deportation. We're not looking for anything that says, oh, okay, well, you, you're here, we'll let you stay, or you've been here, what Nikki Haley was saying, it was a five year. If you've been here for five years, oh, okay. So if you get away with bank robbery, uh, you're going to change the statute of limitations on all crimes? No, you're here illegally. Your existence is illegal. You can, you know, have got robbed a bank. That's not meaning your existence is illegal. Your presence in this country is a continuation of the very crime you committed the second you set foot into this country, putting everything else aside and probably the other laws related to it at a minimum tax laws that you have violated in the interim. No, we're not interested in that deal. Maybe there was one point when we could have come up with something and said, okay, fine, if you've been here, there's only this many. 
not anymore. We're done. We've watched Joe Biden invite the rest of the world to play Red Rover on the southern border. We watched Joe Biden. There's 100 or 1,951 miles on the southern border. And we've watched Joe Biden throw an absolute temper tantrum over the fact and spend more money and burn more calories trying to open back up 2.5 of those 1,951 miles because Texas secured them. Then he spent in the entirety of his presidency trying to secure anything else. Those, you know, who, and after what? all that, after all that, they're saying now, oh, we're not going to cut the border wide. We're, we're not going to cut the... Uh, yeah. The optics are terrible. They didn't want to win in the Supreme Court, James. They wanted a loss in the Supreme Court so they could run around and go, oh, those Republicans, this ridiculous Supreme Court, it needs to be reformed. We need this, that, and the other thing. It's an activist Supreme Court. And suddenly they're the dog that caught the car. They're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing now? I don't want to give <laughs> Republicans the optics of the federal government going down there and removing the barricades from the only part of the entire border that's secure. The commercials write themselves. Even dumb Republicans could run them. Wow. Okay, let's switch gears for a moment. And, and by the way, if you folks want to comment on any of this, feel free. 800-848-WABC. Derek, I have never watched wrestling in my life. Oh, yes, I have when I was a kid. Well, but man, this whole WWE. Nikolai Volkov and this, the Iron Sheik. Don't know who they are. Hulk Hogan, you know who it is. I'm as I am as ignorant about wrestling as you are about music, and that says a lot. Um, I just certain like types of music. And I like good music. That's all. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch wrestling. Period. I've never seen the 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 joy of watching men lying on top of other men in looking like joys you'll never know the joys i don't i don't want to know the joys of it either elizabeth be the manager quote unquote for randy macho man savage jameson for that i shall i I don't know who these people are i don't care who they are they don't know who you are they just had a big meeting where they declared they didn't care who you are either but you know what but wait a minute so this guy with vince mcmahon no i haven't and that brings us to today's stories about this guy mcmahon hat so apparently he made some deal with some gal that he had a threesome with, and the deal was he was supposed to pay her $3 million. He paid her $1 million, and after the $1 million, he stopped payment. So now she's suing in federal court, and she said that this trio that they had mm-hmm. uh, with another wrestler type, that this Vince McMahon did something on her head. Some what, people what, what, did what something. What did he do on her head, James? Let's enlighten the audience. Did he? <laughs> did he put some deep thoughts into her head? Did he? Uh, did he, he do something to her hair? Suggest maybe a a, a light bob, maybe and maybe a ch- color change. I guess there was a color change involved, but um, <laughs> what is it that, that it was? Is food for thought? Or food from last night? It was food from last night that exited his... That his, He did that on her head, is what she's saying. Yeah. Well, come on. And come on. You I, grew up in the 70s, James. This can't be a shock to you. You used to party Derek, with uh, Liza shock. at Studio 54. 
Derek, you I can't tell me Liza's friends weren't into that, right? I don't know what they were into. I don't know. I know the friend, the people that I know don't do those kind of things. No, the people you I, don't admit to doing. At least if they do them, they're not going to tell me about it. They're not going. They don't need to pay somebody for it. They line up for it. That's why you Derek. always, always eat your vegetables because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> this is sick. Always keep a can of planters in the Derek, car for emergencies. This is sick. Yeah, look. I saw the headline yesterday, and I was like, "I'm not reading this story. It's wrestling." James, but then today, this is another lifetime movie. The, this is in the White Trash Olympics. You know what this is? What you know is what it? This really is besides sick. What is it? Besides sick, yes. Um, Vince McMahon has been famous and wealthy for a very long time. Probably not the best husband in the world, I'd, I'd say. Uh, much like, think of anybody. You heard stories about uh, the guy who played uh, Hogan and Hogan's Heroes. You've heard, there's all, Raymond Burr. There's just all kind in a glass table. What's Raymond name? Burr? The guy there's, that was uh, Perry Mason? There's all kinds of stories out there, James. Open your eyes. What did Perry Mason do? I can't. Uh, somebody was with a glass table and something very similar, but they took precautions to make sure that somebody's hair was messed up with the glass table. Um, that might I have don't understand. Some, I don't. Well, I, I can't be any more clear than that. But the, I'm giving you the rationale for it. If you can't fill in the blanks there, fill in the blanks with whatever. It doesn't really matter what you fill in the blanks with. It's most people recoil in horror from it. And maybe these thoughts occur to a lot of people, but I've never been comfortable. It never occurred to me. But even if it had occurred to me with all the women I dated and everything, I could never imagine just laying there and feeling comfortable enough going, you know what I'd like to do? (laughs) Go ahead, honey. Tell me anything. You know, and I love you dearly. And whatever it is you want. Well, you know. I do have to get up and go do my business, but I mean, why would I? Why would I take it to another room? Because I've always been curious about. Can't help your forehead; just looks so. You know, it's just no way it would ever come up. But if you are somebody who's been famous and rich, or even just famous, because you can famous people who have no money can do this kind of garbage too. You have members of the opposite sex throwing themselves at you. Throwing themselves at you can walk out the front door and pr- think of any athlete and just like open up the front door and they're there they are they're all lined up and whatever you want and anything you can possibly imagine and so each one of the people who are not everybody would do it but everybody who's inclined to throw themselves at one of these famous people thinks that they have to take it to the next level because otherwise you're just you know missionary position or something like that so you. Uh, End up in a situation where, like, okay, well, let's bring in three people. Why not? You push push it. Well, why not four people? Why not five? Let's get seven women in this bed. What? Let's try this. Let's try that. And you try everything. And then sooner or later, Tuesday night sex just doesn't work anymore. Tuesday night sex is just normal. Like, who wants one person in a, nor- in a bed? Ugh. I can't get excited about that. It's numbed me to it. Just like the world where these young kids are just inundated with porn and they become numb to everything else in normal life. Um, The same, now imagine your whole life is like that because everybody's throwing themselves at you. So you have to go, well, 
I can't have sex with one person. I need at least four people in the room. I need somebody's got to mind the donkey. What are we supposed to do? So you uh, end up in this world that once you go down that road, I imagine, and you, 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 the further you go down that road, the harder it is to return. And well, so he, you end up in this a situation guy McMahon. Go, I got, I've got billions of dollars. I kind of like this thing. I got to let's do, for the story's sake. Let's pay this lady three million dollars, and then okay. you know I got more money. What are you gonna? You got a million dollars for this thing? You know, quite frankly, a million dollars. I'd take one for the team like that. No, like no, you just don't care. You don't live in a real world where consequences don't exist anymore, and no isn't an option. There's a great line in a movie. The movie called Funny People. I think it was Funny People. Judd Apatow, where. Uh, Al, uh, no, Adam Sandler is playing a very famous stand-up comic and actor, and he cheated on his wife or his girlfriend or what, and his girlfriend. And Seth Rogen is this guy who's he's hired as a writer and sort of his assistant. And he finds out that he was cheating. He cheated on his girlfriend, who was super nice. And he goes, "You cheated on your girl. What's the matter with you?" And, and Adam Sandler says something along the lines of like, "It's really easy to be faithful when nobody wants to blank you." Wow. Okay. You know, and like if everybody wants to, it's hard to be faithful. Well, I don't and know that this woman that's to, doing... it's hard to not go. All right. Well, what are you? Everybody's here. I can only take so many of you. What are you offering? I, I don't know that this... this weirdo because it's just it's it's you become so numb. It almost sounds like else. you're making excuses for this. No, I'm if this happening, it it's not an excuse. Okay, dude. I mean this. This guy's because this stuff is. Remember, his wife ran for senate up there in Connecticut a couple of right. cycles ago, and she was in the Trump administration. She was. This a stuff is sick. The stuff that's happening here is abnormal. You could tell there's. I don't know. You, you it's sick. Yeah. Okay, you and so me? I don't do it. I'm just. I, I, is this? Is him cutting ties with the WWE now and getting out? Uh, is this an admission that do you read this as an admission that these allegations that are being made that there could be some truth to them? What are the allegations? The allegation is he didn't pay his bill. The allegations are sex trafficking and sexual assault. No, including what he did suit. on her it's head. A civil suit. And she's saying he brought me around to have sex with him, which I was perfectly willing to do, but he only paid me a third of what he was supposed to pay me, and maybe the fine print didn't mention that he was going to take a dump on me. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, let's fart around about it. Like she wants to get the rest of her money. This is mostly, we have I think, to... I'm not sure what kind of jury is going to have. Who, if you're on a jury, how do you have sympathy for anybody in this case? Seriously. And you just kind of look at it and go, I don't. I this don't is know. the most the, everyday life just seems to get this more is a disgusting. Suit brought mostly, I think, to humiliate him and say, well, this. If you think I've, she probably honestly hasn't let all the cats out of the bag. She let it, well, like one or two cats out of the bag, and Vince McMahon is then put on notice that I got a full bag of cats here. If you don't give me my other, the rest of my money. Every day, the news just seems to get more and more disgusting. We got to take a quick break. Um, I want to ask you two about a few things, Derek. Alyssa Milano. Mm. This is Pete Seeger. 
Oh, yeah. Pete Seeger, on this day, 2014, died at 94 years old. Wow. Pete Seeger, very lengthy career. Started back in the 40s with Woody Guthrie and others. Folk singer, songwriter. Yeah, activist, liberal. Such a but deep, still. soulful voice, too. My God, this guy is... Oh, stop. Now, come on, trouble. Derek. Give me a break. Longevity doesn't mean good. On that happy note, we shall be right back. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what the hell Alyssa Milano did. Was she involved with Vince McMahon? <laughs> Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Two thousand six, Gene McFadden passed away on this day. Oh, actually... You know he was the McFadden of McFadden and Whitehead. Philly International, the record label, part of the mighty music that came out of the Philly sound. Didn't know that Otis Redding actually discovered McFadden and Whitehead. This one, back in the day, 1979, 8 million copies, nominated for a Grammy. Letting the groove soak in. Don't know. Personally, I believe there is some stopping. Well, <laughs> or at least impeding their, their progress, slowing it a little bit. <laughs> All right, Alyssa Milano. As a parent, Derek, I think you would appreciate this story. She went on uh, social media and asked for donations for her son's baseball team's fundraiser. Now, this woman is a multimillionaire, and her husband is like a big shot in the entertainment business, too. Mm -hmm. They have dough. They have plenty of cash. Well, one is assuming. I don't know what other people really have in their bank accounts. One assumes, based on their their status in the entertainment business, she ain't missing a meal, or she's got an estimated net worth of ten million, and somehow her husband's net worth is only about five million. His name is David Bulgari or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and so she uh, goes on social media at and CAA, where yeah. you know, all Hollywood was. Then he he went and started his own firm, Range Media Partners. And now, if you think five million dollars is a net worth, seems. It seems low when you hear, hear some of his clients. Bradley Cooper, Vince Vaughn, Shailene Woodley, Casey Affleck, Halle Berry. Like, okay, if you're representing them, if you're getting a slice, you're getting a 10 to 15% slice of them. You either suck at your job if you need to raise 10 grand from other people, 
or uh, maybe somebody's grossly undervaluing your net worth. I don't know. Maybe so it's they go on social media. She's they go to GoFundMe. Yeah, they go to GoFundMe. Can you help our son's baseball team? And people were outraged by this. Now, for her part, she says, look, I do fundraising. I, she said that she pays for the uniform, the dues of kids who can't afford their monthly dues. She sponsors them. She's paid for the uniforms for the entire team, the coaches. She's thrown birthday parties for them and, and all that. So she doesn't mind going to GoFundMe to try to raise money for her son's baseball team fundraiser. Well, it's like a trip somewhere or something. Um, look, where Alyssa Milano lives, she's not just this side of the ghetto. She's not in a neighborhood where, like, well, there's her mega mansion, and then down the street is that kind of house I grew up in. The uh, zip code, I imagine, and the pool from which the baseball team draws its talent is not people like me and you growing up. You know, they're all rich. That's my problem with it. Not that some rich lady's like, well, you know what, let's try and raise some money for some kids. It's that if the net worth of the parents on the team, the average net worth is like $25 million, you shouldn't have any need to go to people. It drives me I get fundraising emails all the time from Nancy Pelosi, who's going to squeak by re-election with like 80% of the vote. And she's begging people, if you could just give me $5 right now. And it's like, I know that you went from nominal wealth to incredible wealth while doing quote-unquote public service. Uh, go, go Vince McMahon yourself, lady. I'm not interested, <laughs> and I just get disgusted <laughs> by these people. And I don't understand. This is why I could never be a uh, a politician, is I don't understand. the I, I don't have the begging for money gene. I just don't. <laughs> that, that comfortable kind of, yeah, I'm good, but I don't, I, I believe I'm the only person who can save this country. I am absolutely, the country absolutely needs me, but ain't no way I'm reaching into my own pocket to do it. So um, give me your money. I can't do it. I just don't know how to do it. I Look, there's many times when I'd go without rather than just ask for a buck from a friend standing. I got a buck, like a buck short. I just go, oh, I'll just keep it quiet. I'm not going to do that. Or, break out a credit card or something because I just feel weird about it asking for I do a podcast that you know all I ask is five bucks a month and you know to support the show there's nothing else supporting the show and I give away an autographed book of like this week next week it's Buzz Aldrin so like uh, a autographed Buzz Aldrin book you get entered into the contest for five bucks a month and I feel weird mentioning it on my you're own You're giving away podcast. a Buzz Aldrin book? You're, you're giving away a Buzz Aldrin book on your podcast next week? Yeah. Whoa. What you Derek. Say? I feel I, 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 it's a Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get behind this. I'm like, what are, what's wrong with these people? She Which could just weird. Ten thousand. Don't you feel weird right asking to, people for money? Yes, for, of for course. Charity. I, you know, if you're gonna, the girls are gonna do something, and you're like, okay, we're gonna sell Girl Scout cookies or candy bars. When I was a kid, I used to sell candy bars for my little league. That's how we raised the money. Was like, here's a box of candy bars that you'd, right. you right go found these weird chocolates that I when I was a kid anyway that you never found in the wild. I don't even know what kind of candy bars they were. But I'd never seen them in a store before. I'd never seen them in the store since. 
there just seem to be like fundraising candies. Now, I don't know if they're like super good and that's they're used for fundraising or they're just terrible. I don't remember. But there's just this weird box, weird shaped candy bars. And you're like, oh, we got to sell these things. And they were like a dollar a piece. And that seemed wildly extravagant. But they were about the size you could probably beat somebody to death with. And it was just one of those <laughs> kind of things where you raised your own money. You never just went to the neighbor's house, knocked on the door, said, hey, can I get five bucks for my baseball team? Right. Like, no, rake my leaves and we'll talk. Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I, I, I don't get it either. Uh, you're, before we go to the break, your girls are in the Girl Scouts already, right? You, no, you just no, said that. I'm just oh. using it as an example. Oh, because if they are, I want to end on the Thin Mint cookies. And I'll, <laughs> I, I will do the purchase order. You know, my mom you. Uh, learned how, taught herself how to make those things. Really? It, it's you melt the chocolate with the mint, and I think the, I think you use a Ritz cracker for the cookie base. But hmm. she, she used to make them really, really. She loved them. I my favorite. And did is they the taste like the girls? Did they taste like the Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies? Yeah, I mean that's just. How do you screw that up? It's chocolate and mint, right? You know what I... you'd really like is if you go to Costco every once in a while. They have uh, I buy them for my wife every once in a while. It's not really for me. They're good. I'll eat a couple. But the chocolate covered pretzels they have Girl Scout Thin Mint chocolate covered pretzels. And they Whoa. taste just like them, and they're pretty good. I mean, they're not just like them, but close enough. They're Once enough chocolate like them. And mint together. You, you're ninety percent of the way there, unless it's like a gummy or something. It's you can't really screw it up. Something super pungent. Chocolate mint covered garlic bulbs, I imagine, would be a little weird. But other than the chocolate mint covered Vince McMahon chunks, probably not going to. Nineteen seventy-two. Free samples of that. Mahalia Jackson, American gospel singer, died in Chicago of heart failure. Queen of gospel music. 30 Do you have any million. Is related to music ever? It's always this person's dead. One's well, there's your anniversaries, and we do birthdays well, too, know, Derek. You, don't do, you do more death days than birthdays. Everybody's got one of each. I can't help the way the history rolls out. I didn't write the history. I'm just reporting on it. It's got to be something like they appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show for the first time or something like hit number one. Not like we do that. We do that. Decapitated on this day in 1959. Derek Hunter. There's only one, ladies and gentlemen, and there will only ever be one. Right back. This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Hey, Janik Robert Gares, guitarist with Iron Maiden. There's a happy day. This is Total Eclipse. Iron Maiden on WABC Talk Radio 77. Derek Hunter's here. We have a bunch of calls, Derek. I want to get to some of them, but I got to ask you that. Let me ask you yes. something. Yeah. The, have you heard the story about the Taylor Swift AI nude photos or whatever? Yes, I have. What's and your I'm take just on that? 
My take on it is, number one, there are a lot of disgusting people with a lot of time on their hands now, out really here in the world. It's kind of telling that we've got, we've got this great technology. It could help advance medical technology and, and solve business problems and really make us better as a species. But you know what? Let's, let's make it put boobs on somebody. Like, like that, that's so typical mm-hmm. us nowadays in the digital age. But do you think... It's sort of a Streisand effect kind of thing, though, don't you think, with her? When you say the Streisand effect, what do you mean? Well, there was this story, and according to Babs herself in her autobiography, which I listened to all 48 hours of her just talking incessantly about her. My God, every freaking meal she ever had, every dress she ever wore, and every critic who ever wrote anything nice about her, that's, that's her book. Like, there's no... An editor kind of came in, and she probably shot him right in the face. Like, they will not change a word of this. It's the ultimate expression of narcissism, this thing. But I, I couldn't turn away from it, much like I can't watch surgery on television, but I also can't help but peek through my fingers, that kind of thing. Um, the Streisand effect is there's a story that she addresses in there. That There's a picture of her house online, details of where exactly where she lived, and nobody, very few people noticed it, but she's allegedly sued to get it taken down, which drew more attention to it than it ever would have gotten otherwise. And now everybody knew it. You know, it's like her trying to squash it drew more attention to it than it ever would have gotten in nature. With people, Taylor Swift's people drawing, I never heard of this. I'm not, I'm not surfing Taylor Swift AI porn, you know, that often. And, uh, so I saw this story and I'm like, what the hell are these pictures? What could these pictures be? And I looked them up and because I've got a professional, James, I have to do the of research. Of course you it's researched One of those it. things I feel it's a moral obligation, really. Yes. And after hours of staring at these, studying these photographs. No, they're, uh, they're ridiculous. They're clearly fake. Um, they're graphic, sure, but they're not as graphic as I thought they'd be. A um, little disappointed on that front, but they're, now they're they're just. I don't think most people would have heard of them had somebody in her camp not made a stink about this. Now they're disgusting, and you want to go after the people that made it. That's okay, but you're sort of self defeating. And uh, there's also the, all right, well she doesn't want these out there. Let's make some more kind of things. They can do. You don't need AI to do them. You can just take Photoshop. You can. Do this and stick an eye. There are a lot of people who would love to stick a finger in the I eye. I think it's disgusting. I, it, people, everything that, it, it seems like we're, this whole Vince McMahon story, for every week, the depravity just continues to. It's because it's of what I It's another notch These of depravity. Have, look, their whole lives are just, mer- money means nothing to them because they swim in it. Like, okay, uh, uh, do you imagine going anywhere and going, thinking, I can buy literally anything. There's no thrill. Like, oh, my God, I finally got this thing. It's like, no, I want it. I'll go get it. You kind of have to become – you see why drugs sort of become popular amongst people who have more money than sense or time because you're just sitting there going, literally, I snap my fingers. I can get whatever I want. What am I supposed to do? There's no thrill anymore. It's just telephone. So it's a different world. Like, I'd like to experience it, but I probably won't. So you you have this weird boredom, and you try and find other things. And, and I know, people, so let's just have a threesome and let me do this on this girl's head. I mean, just well, every week. Nice sheets, you don't want to ruin a pillow. 
Adam in Long Island. Feed the business, but that's beside the point. <laughs> hey, buddy. How you doing, Adam? I'm all right. You know, Adam strikes me as a guy who's had a Vince McMahon moment with a couple of ladies. <laughs> now, if I had money like Vince McMahon, it'd be different, but I'm broke. But anyway. <laughs> you know, that's the weird thing about it. What Vince McMahon did, it's two opposite ends of the spectrum. It is the filthy rich Allegedly guy can do did. this, and the absolute poor homeless junkie can do this. But not too many people that uh, have a, a steady job in the middle are going to be able to pull off what Vince McMahon did. Allegedly did. Allegedly did. Yeah. Trump allegedly did that to E. Jean Carroll, but the $83 million, that's Stinger right there, man. $83.3 million. What I find unbelievable yeah. about that, and I have all sorts of questions, and not the waiting 30 years, although I have an issue with that. It's, it's a, I've never been to Bergdorf Goodman, but I can't imagine it's a gigantic warehouse-sized store with seven people in it where you wouldn't notice that somebody's violently, allegedly sexually assaulting somebody in a, in a dressing room. I don't understand how nobody noticed that. That's, that's Even the jury in that first trial said they didn't buy that whole rape allegation thing. No, I know. And like I said, he's going to win on appeal. It's New York. Once you get out of New York, it's... And get it into a real court, exactly. But well, it, the, the story no doubt pleases you, Adam, right? That they... Another another thing to fuel your uh, your your extreme dislike of Donald Trump. Well, when you say you grab him by the things and all that, and it's on tape. Adam must hate And then you Clinton. actually did that to that lady, E.G. Carroll. I mean, it goes hand in hand. You know? Adam, you must did hate you vote, Bill Clinton did, then. Yeah, as that's a, a, as did a you, feminist, Adam. You must hate Bill Clinton, right? Did you vote for Clinton? <laughs> no. No, the didn't like Bill Clinton. Vote for Clinton? That, what stopped you from? It couldn't have been. I got to get me some Bob Dole love. So what was it that caused you not to vote for Bill Clinton? Incarceration, sir. Okay. Well. That oh, okay. Makes sense. But did you yeah, like? So. Did you like? Did you like Bill Clinton? I sure did. Sure yeah. Did. How about go put some ice on that? Have you ever heard that famous phrase? Put some ice on that. Oh, Kathleen Willey, talk about grabbing him by the whatever. Donald Trump said it. Bill Clinton did it. And you're powering around with Epstein with all these photos they got of you and Epstein. So, so you don't know, bother you. They, they got it right on that one, man. You, know? right. you mean like that photo of Bill Clinton in the blue dress? You mean that photo of Bill Clinton in the blue dress with the heels? Is that what you're talking about? That was hanging up in Epstein's a painting, uh, hallway? A photo. It was a painting, not a photo. Ah, thank you, thank you, Derek. <laughs> well, no, because if it was a photo, that would mean that Bill put on the dress. It was a, a painting that... You it's know, a painting, yes. A, a painting that, that Epstein, there's a high possibility that Bill stopped by that place. And it was on full display, that a lot of power brokers stopped by that place. And it was on full display. It wasn't like, well, it's on the fourth floor bathroom behind the... No, it was in like the living room. So it wasn't anything he was ashamed of. And if somebody told Bill Clinton and Bill was good enough friends that he could have called up and said, yeah, what the hell are you doing? You got to get that. What are you doing, man? You're killing me. You're killing me. He, he yeah. could have had it taken down. He didn't. So everybody involved knew about it, and they were apparently cool with it. Doesn't it seem 
weird that Trump got all these high-paid lawyers and they couldn't be the 30-year-old rape? Until you realize but it's, it's New York situation, sure. It's, it's New York, York Adam. Did you honestly, did you think this was going to come out any other way in New York well, City? I'm calling the look, high, look, they might as well have put lawyers, you, yeah. Adam, Adam, yeah, they might as well put jury. you on the jury. Right. They should have just put you on the jury. It's the same difference. And we already know what the verdict would have been if you were on that jury. So without listening to any evidence whatsoever, we know the way you would have voted. So come on, Adam. It should have got what I want to know, Adam. I want you to, Adam. I want you to promise one thing. I heard you the first time on that. I want you to, I want you to promise one thing, Adam. If indeed the election turns out that Donald Trump is the forty seventh president of the United States, I want you to call in on the show, whatever show it is that we do after the election. So I can take you as the first call so that you can celebrate with us, okay? If Donald Trump wins, I probably won't be able to do that because I'm jumping off the bridge, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Adam. Don't give anybody out there a lot of crazy people. There's a lot of crazy people out there. Little known fact is the vast majority of people will never be impacted by whoever the president of the United States is. It's not worth jumping off a lake. But if you are that inclined over a Trump victory to jump off a bridge, do the world a favor and do it before you vote. (laughs) I love it. Adam, we love you. Talk to you later. We got to go. Take a quick break. Derek Hunter is here. We're going to grab a few more calls. Maybe because I also want to ask Derek about this Alabama f- spectacle that took place the day before yesterday. Yesterday, <sighs> is that Jay Giles? Jay there? Giles, yeah, Derek. Whoa, good ears. Does she talk? Does Birthday she today, talk? Seth Justman, who did the keyboards and vocals with the Jay Giles band. Of course, this is. 1982 went number one. Centerfold. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. 1946, Ned Tally comes into the world, part of one of the biggest girl groups of all time, the Ronettes. Five number ones, including this one. A happy birthday, Nedra Tally. You want to talk about crazy white dudes? Phil Spector. Yeah. Phil Spector. Oh. 
Oh, what? No way. He didn't do what Vince McMahon is alleged to have done at some point in his life. Probably to himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Derek, before we take another call. Why are you taking yoga, Phil? Well, let me tell you. Um, Derek, very quickly, and I'll go. I'll, I want to spend some time with this later, but I just want to get your quick take on this that execution that took place in Alabama with this nitrogen. Were you at all disturbed by the reports of what what happened and how it happened? I was wildly disturbed by it, James. And let me tell you that it took from 1988 till now to kill this guy. That's what bothered me. That they didn't just tie him between two 18-wheeler trucks and rip him in half. That bothered me. The method of his death I really couldn't give a damn about. Slowly feed him into a wood chipper. That would have been, uh, you know, the only thing that I would have gone for. Well, then. Death Row. Uh, Jimmy uh, and Death Saint- Row doesn't deter anybody. Death Row doesn't deter anybody. <laughs> One thing Death Row does, it has a 100% success rate against recidivism. 100%. That's just science. Look it up. Jimmy, you, Jimmy, how are you, Jimmy? Well, my, my, everything's tight on me now after I heard about the wood chipper, but I do agree with Derek. That man should have been hung slowly, slowly and drove out of acid feet first and let his family. What is wrong with you people? He, he murdered somebody for a thousand bucks. I know, and I'm, I'm not saying he didn't deserve Anyway, Look, Jimmy, the let me some rate being zero in executions, What's and then they need to people? do them publicly. We need to make sure put out a recording. What's a greatest wrong hits. With these we put Supreme Court our, our, our arguments out, and go. Oh, that's interesting to listen to. Let's listen to somebody's death throes and say, you know what? How bad do you need a thousand bucks? Do you want a thousand bucks? Do you want ten thousand? Is there an What's amount of money wrong that with make you people? That you can what is wrong with you thing? people? What's wrong What's with, wrong with you I don't people? Want people to murder other people? Me either. Who do but it for goodness punished. sakes, punished, <sighs> not not justice. I want them punished. I want them their punishment to serve as an example to other people who might be inclined, who might be sitting on the fence, going, ah, "I can kill. I can not kill." Oh, wait a second. Let's watch that guy drawn and quartered. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. <sighs> Jimmy. <laughs> okay, Jimmy uh, uh, and Derek, uh, or thank you. Just you. Sentence uh, them to a night with Vince McMahon. Either way, if you want the more humane, I don't know which is more humane. I think other people would rather have be gassed than go with Vince McMahon. But you know what? We'll leave it up to them. Dealer's choice. Uh, Jimmy, you wanted to weigh in on President Trump's trial in the defamation case. What is it that you wanted to say about that? Well, Bo, all I want to say is two things quickly. Thanks, Derek. You're a wonderful man. You should work for Hallmark Cards. You have beautiful sayings. Listen. <laughs> I have been saying that forever. But apparently they won't draw what I'm, I describe, and they get disgusted by it. And, and Whatever. Sensitive people. Carol. Yes? Are you ready? Bo? Yes. I'm ready. Moses saw her face. There would be another commandment. <laughs> She's horrific. Thirty years ago, she can't remember getting slapped all over in a, in a and in those stores. Uh, okay, God. Okay, we have. 
No, no, I am not going there with this. You know, Look, for all it the is times not... I said the New York's got issues, people like that, they bring the, they bring the charm. They bring the, it's like having New York in your ears without the smell of urine and weed in your nose. <laughs> but, like, it brings you right to uh, the street. We don't, I don't, we don't, we don't make fun of the way people look on this show. And especially even suggest violence. Out of that is just we so kind not of appropriate. Fun of the way some people look, especially well. when they've just had an encounter with Vince McMahon. You kind of want to hose them down. <laughs> what can people? Where can people find you, Derek, Mister Hallmark? Corn last night with dinner, Mister McMahon. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. You can check it out. You get recipes there. For, Things that involve peanuts or things that involve only semi-digestible, soluble foods, what have you. Uh, on social media at Derek Allen Hunter, but patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast if you want a shot at the uh, Buzz Aldrin book and to help the cause out. And, uh, yeah, get more fiber in your diet, ladies and gentlemen. Because you never know. You never know. you got to have something chambered. you got to be ready to go. Hour number one, hour number one in the, in the chat. Oh, thank you, Derek. Time to check in with Bob Brown, WABC News, and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere, please. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, my friends, to our number duo here at WABC Talk Radio 77. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And if you would like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. You know, earlier this week, we gave away tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers. And the opening act, which I still can't believe, bring me a higher love. Steve Winwood opening up for the Doobie Brothers. That's going to happen in August. In the next hour, sometime in the next hour, we'll be giving away tickets to see Air Supply. And that t- uh, you're not going to want to miss that show either. So, yes, keep it right here on WABC. And your chance to win tickets to see Air Supply coming up in the next hour. Um, and you can buy tickets, by the way, for that Doobie Brothers show and for the Air Supply show. LiveNation.com has the tickets. Our sales department is just amazing. Right? They bring this stuff here. So we thank them for arranging all of this for you, the listeners of WABC. And go check out Live Nation if you want to go to see any of those concerts. They, these are great concerts. And, you know, we're getting, as some of us who are fans of these groups, just think about it this way. There are groups now that we say, wow, I wish I had seen them because something transpires and that's it, you know. But um, anyway, <sighs> Bob Brown, WABC News, is here with us. Bob, you the, the, the story that you covered the daredevil driver, yes, uh, yeah, charged with uh, killing 
Two yeah, passengers. He was uh, arraigned on Thursday on manslaughter charges. Yes, a 23-year-old uh, Enrique Lopez uh, doing those daredevil, alleged daredevil stumps in an industrial complex in Hunts Point. Um, he had uh, passengers in the car. Two passengers were killed, one of them a 15-year-old girl. A 17-year-old remains in critical condition. So uh, not good. Uh, I read through. Yeah, I read you that, and the mother of one of the uh, the deceased son says that her son, who was in the car, would not want him punished because he loved car stunts, and he wouldn't want him to be punished. He said Giovante was a very loving, caring person. At that moment, he wouldn't even find his friend at fault, even though the kid could have been at fault. That's what his mother said, Sabrina Robinson. I just know my son. Yeah, Giovanni, he would have wanted. Right. Yeah, he wouldn't right. have wanted any, any, any the, to be charged. She says she feels so bad for all the families involved. I just didn't lose my son. The guy also lost their freedom, possibly. Um, and uh, it was, it was the, the car was a wreck. There's pictures of it. It's hard to believe that anybody actually it survived that crash. It was an incredible scene. You know, if you if you saw it on the news, as a matter of, I mean, I, the first my. Th- my first thought was, my God, what if that tank? I mean, it was bad enough, but I was going to say if that tanker could have exploded, God knows what would have happened after that. Yeah, it ran into a tanker. Now, apparently, though, this is an area where a supposedly a Fast and Furious fans go, and they show off their stunt driving skills. This is uh, apparently just one of these places, this, this part of, of Hunts Point, where you you get a lot of this that happens on a regular basis. Right. Well, these industrial complexes are off the beaten track, so you're not going to see many. um, uh, There's not going to be a lot of traffic. You're not going to see a lot of police. Uh, It's kind of, uh, again, off the beaten track. So they figure we'll we'll do our stunts there. We'll drag race there. We'll do donuts there, whatever. So, yeah, you you try to pick, I'd imagine, on an area where you're not going to really be seen. And if it's on a Sunday morning, I think it happened on an early Sunday morning, 3.30 in the morning, something like that. Um, What's going to be there at 3.30 in the morning? Who's going to be there at 3.30 in the morning to see all that? That's my What a drag, no pun intended. Well, it's just really a bad, sad story. uh, All around, this is a terrible story. Awful. Terrible story. Now, also what's terrible, but almost to me uh, absurd, is uh, the American Museum of Natural History has to close two of their major exhibits behind this rule from the Biden administration. You have to get permission from the tribe first before you can show exhibits. I don't... This makes no sense to me at all. Suppose you're dealing with artifacts that come from tribes that are no longer even in existence. What are you supposed to do with those? Close those two because you don't have permission? I mean, this whole thing makes absolutely zero sense. I totally agree with you. Um, As a matter of fact, you know, you're talking about one of the largest, um, uh, it's one of those visited museums in the world. Um, according to my information here, the anthropology department is one of the most prestigious in the U.S. What are you talking about here? Let's see, about 10,000 square feet of exhibition space will be closed, and they don't know when it's going to reopen. But, yeah, the permission thing was kind of far-fetched. Do you agree? I guess you do. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Biden administration, oh, this is, I mean, this is just pandering at its extreme. Oh, you can't show anything in the museum unless you get permission from the tribe. What the hell? This is the era we're in. And you know what? And I have to admit, sometimes for the good, 
sometimes for the good, right? But this is the era we are in. This is this is this is society now. Wow. What a utter disgrace. Okay, you also talked about Andrew Cuomo and the DOJ says came out with this. I found this interesting, Bob, because I heard you do the story, and I'm sitting with another story that was in the New York Post the same day. The other story was Andrew Cuomo plots comeback with border attacks on Joe Biden. The reporter, uh, Bob McManus, did that. Andrew Cuomo, always intrusive, never in doubt, just tucked into Joe Biden and the Democrat Party on America's self-inflicted border hopper crisis. He said, and he wrote for The Hill, the migrant issue is creating mayhem across the country and it's showing the ineffectiveness and schisms in the Democrat Party. This comes out, and the next thing you know, whack! The DOJ comes out and said, hey, that guy Andrew Cuomo, yep, he sexually harassed more than a dozen staffers. Am I off my rocker to see maybe some connection with the timing on this? Governor Cuomo opens his mouth about border policy, and the next thing you know, here comes the DOJ slamming uh, ex-Governor Cuomo. Uh, Politics at its best. What can I say? Right. Um, I don't think you're imagining things. Um, no, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, should we be surprised? I don't know. I mean, um, you know, there's so much, everything is, um, I don't think anything is really should surprise anyone with, well, you know, what, what goes on in the back rooms and, Politi- you know, my wife and I were having a discussion last I'm sorry, I'm going off the track here, but my wife and I were having a discussion last night. We were talking about um, Andrew Cuomo and the latest charges and all that. And we said, gee, I wonder how, I wonder how um, Mrs. Cuomo is doing Matilda, uh, Mario's um, wife. You know, with all that has happened with Andrew having to resign, having the, Andrew's brother Chris leave CNN and all that. And I was like, how does she stand up to this? How she like? And like, my only answer is, you know what? She married. She was married to the governor of New York, the former governor of New York, Mario Cuomo, a long time, long time politician. She knows how the game is played. That's how she's holding up. She knows what it's all about. No. What do you think? I would agree with you right? on that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying she's devastated and not and crestfallen about what's happened to her sons. But she she's got a she she knows she's been in this a long time. No politics right? is a politics is a rough business. It's a rough and tumble business. Yes. Now he he apparently, by the way, is suing Letitia James, and I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. He is definitely making moves to fight for some kind of comeback. He's well, not I, happy on the sidelines. He wants back in. Right. Well, the obvious. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the obvious go ahead. No. The, no, the obvious comeback was to run for mayor if supposedly Adams doesn't run, that he would be looking to um run for mayor. That's the line I have. Well, I don't see how Adams is not gonna run again I know. despite so, the <laughs> Right. You may want to talk to Curtis about that too, so anyway. Um 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No. I, I, obviously, it's looking like some sort of comeback, and it maybe uh, maybe the mayoral campaign, and maybe if Adams does stay there and run, maybe he'll change his mind and still try to run for mayor. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, it's just interesting. This this Justice Department does not play around. They they slapped Adams upside the head when he was going to complain to Washington D.C. about immigration. On the day he's supposed to meet with Joe Biden, they send the feds over to pretty much seize his phones, grab his kids, a campaign person up in an investigation, and we still don't know what's going on with that investigation. Right. Yeah, no. As a matter of fact, and then go ahead. No, no. I was saying that's that's actually uh, hasn't been talked about for a couple of weeks, really, when you think about it. Uh, right. So we we don't know what's going on with Adams. We do know that Adams has raised over $600,000 now for his legal defense. And then all of a sudden, Andrew Cuomo opens his mouth about immigration. And the day Andrew Cuomo opens up his mouth about immigration, here comes the DOJ again. Oh, let's slap him around with some sexual... Go ahead. Let me ask you something. I mean, yeah. it's, it's actually, it's all good for us, WABC. But what do you think is... An investigation on top of an investigation on top of an investigation. Let's, the skeleton in this person's closet, the skeleton in that person's closet. But this is all, we just talked about this a couple minutes ago. That's politics, right? But does it, has anything changed? Was it always this way? Investigations, investigations, investigations. They're, no, it was not. They're important. Bob, Bob they're in, started this. What started this? I'll tell you what started it. I'll tell you what started it. Let's see whether we have the same answer. On three. One, two, three. Watergate. Absolutely. That's it. Now, I'm not saying, listen, there were some investigative reporters in the 50s and early 60s that, you know, who was that famous one? The famous journalist. Drew, not Drew. um, Help me with that. You know who I'm Are you saying. Talk, which journalist are you talking about from the Edward R. Murrow days? And anyway, then it went no, on to, what I'm saying was, yes, there the was. investigative what I am, journalist. What I, I know who you're what talking I, yes, about. Yes, what I'm saying is, yes, there were always some investigative reporters. That, they've always been around. But as far as I'm concerned, right after Watergate, forget it. There was a scandal in every in every office, in every house, everywhere. Get yep. to the bottom. Right, I'm telling you. I was there. Yep. Look, you and I are basically the same age. You know, I and we've seen this thing unfold. In fact, by the way, later today on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza, we're going to talk about Fanny Gate. Oh yeah, I actually did a piece on Fanny Gate with you earlier this week. You were talking about Fanny Gate, so um, yeah, it's one of our two minute pieces. Did you see did you, the best headline ever? She says she's yesterday. not going to divulge. By the way, she's not divulging the information. You just yes, that that's way? what she says. Right, I saw that. That's in the in the fanny pack of stories that I have. But the best headline ever, Bob, as a news person, you'll appreciate this headline. This headline was from the New York Post. I'm only going to do because I'm going to have to leave off the half of the headline. Just the first half of the headline. Angry residents demand probe into D.A. Fanny Willis. <laughs> Where was this headline from? The New York Post. Oh, it was in the Post. Angry, angry residents angry, demand probe residents into of, the residents of where in Washington, of Georgia. In, oh, Georgia. Residents of Fulton County, Georgia, call for District Attorney Franny Willis to be investigated in a fiery meeting at the county's board of commissioners on Wednesday. You know, 
when I was out reporting, I used to cover uh, Schumer. Every Sunday he has his Schumer press conferences, as you know. Used to yeah. go, you would write it on the wall in the newsroom. Who's covering Sunday Schumer? Anyway, you would every Sunday. I'm launching an investigation. I'm launching. I'm launching. An, an and I, 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 I turned to one of my colleagues one time after like two years of this. Three. I says, "Is anybody keeping track of his investigations? Are they going anywhere? Did it uncover everything? I mean, he just would throw it out so willy-nilly. I'm launching an investigation. We're launching an investigation, which is all well and good. You should if there's something there that's rotten. I get it. But, my God, it was like every week, I'm launching an investigation. Anyway. Well, this thing in Georgia, I like this. The angry residents are demanding to probe into D.A. Fanny. <sighs> into D.A. Fanny. That's what it says. Into Dave. Make your own Yes, joke. angry residents <laughs> demand probe into DA Fanny Willis. Okay. Are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to go. Hey, by the but, way, by yes. the way, if, it, if, if in, the, in, in the November election, if it's Trump and Biden or Trump or who else, maybe, um, maybe um, Michelle. Um, oh, you too. But you, no, I said no, no, no. That's because maybe that's because one of our our pundits analyzed. That's so. because it all got started yeah. with right here on this show yes, it did. with the Princess of Policy, Diana Me, who for over a year has been telling everybody it is going to be yes. Michelle yes. Michelle yes. Obama. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. I I grant you that. My I was I was about to say though, if it comes down to a Biden and Trump, and if Trump should happen to lose, what do you think is going to happen on three? Not, no, can we do it on three? If he loses? If he happens to lose? Yeah, no, I'm on? not doing that on three. Tell me what you think is going to happen, because if, if I'm he, not putting... If he, if he loses? Go ahead. On, on, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to sue. He's going he's, he's gonna, to he's gonna, he's, he's gonna sue again. No. I I don't even want to entertain the thought that that could happen. But that's an interesting question. I will pose I mean, it I to hope, our listeners. I hope not, but, you know, I, I hope not. But um, Yeah, because I think most people think the only way that he loses again is if something happens with the election process again. That's what most people think, believe, on, on, on the Republican side. Mm. They don't have confidence, Bob. They don't yeah. have confidence that the election was fair yeah. the no, last I, time. I, I, I and agree. that's what no. the polling information says. They don't have confidence that it was a fair fight the last right. time. Right. Yeah, I mean, I... So I I'm, I'm guarantee you they wouldn't think anything was... People would not think anything was fair this time either. Right. Yeah, I can't, I can't say you're wrong. Can't disagree. Yeah. Can't well, disagree. meanwhile, you get busy and probe into Fannie Willis. Uh, <laughs> I shall do that. Bob Brown, thank you, my friend. You got it. WABC News, Bob Brown. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your telephone calls are coming up. 800-848-WABC a little bit later. America's small caffeinated mom joins us. Princess Di has a day off today. A little bit later, though, we will be giving away tickets for air supply. Now, I am so happy you're playing this. Half Brit Nick, of course, working the music this morning. You know who this is, folks? The Cowboy Junkies. I got turned on to them. They're, they're a bunch of Canucks. Today's the birthday of Canadian singer-songwriter Margot Timmons. 
from the Cowboy Junkies. I had never heard of this group. And a friend of mine who's a Canuck said, oh, you don't know about the Cowboy Junkies? It's played a bunch of CB. They're really good. I fell in love with them. Happy birthday, Margot Timmons from the Cowboy Junkies. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden Snurley here with you on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We've got lots of people who want to weigh in on various things. I want to weigh in on, and I still want to know, did you hear Derek and that caller with what happened in Alabama? What's wrong with these people? We'll discuss that, too. Coming back. Do not go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Ah, you know who this is. This is Stevie. As soon as that drum kicks in. This is from the Talking Book album, Superstition, which was his second number one U.S. single. 1973. There are all kinds of stories about how Stevie had offered this song up to Jeff Beck to record. Barry Gordy stepped in and said, uh 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 uh, stays on your album. So Stevie gave him Cause We Ended as Lovers, which was on. Jeff Beck's Blow by Blow album, which was released in 75. There were some hard feelings about that, by the way, about superstition. But this turned out to be the right call for for, uh, Stevie, because Talking Book, of course, Talking Book went to number one, and it's still a masterpiece. The engineering on that album was a breakthrough engineering. It was the beginning kind of, of, of the synth work went to another level on this album, and You Are the Sunshine of My Life was the other big hit on this. Of course, this album also has You and I, beautiful piano ballad by Stevie. You've Got It Bad Girl, which was uh, re-recorded and covered by people like Quincy Jones. Yeah, big, big album for Stevie. Released on this day. Yeah, Derek, you know, Derek, Derek's still out there. Derek, I can't believe you. And and, and then the caller just chimed right in. This thing that happened in Alabama, we're going to go to your phone calls, and you can weigh in on this too. This thing that happened in Alabama, I'm disgusted by it. I am totally disgusted. They, the Alabama, this, okay, let's use nitrogen. Now look, folks, I am not one of these bleeding hearts. You know me. I'm not a liberal. It's like, okay, we have the death penalty People that do horrible things, murder, et cetera, et cetera. Since the beginning of time, we have understood as societies have, have come and gone. One thing in, has been consistent. If you take a life and you murder people, you pay for it with your life. That has been, in, in a lot of instances, that's been consistent. Unless you're in California where you can stab somebody 108 times and get probation. 
like that girl did this week. Oh, I was high on marijuana. I stabbed my boyfriend 108 times and murdered him. Okay, you get community service. Okay, probation. But that's California. Okay, in most same places you, you do this, this guy was a, uh, a murder for hire. He was a, a hit man, basically. Stabbed this poor woman eight times. It took, Derek was right about this. This guy's been sitting on death row for over 20 years. And he's just been sitting there. They tried to execute him once, couldn't find his vein. Okay, so we come up with something else. We got nitrogen. It'll, he'll be knocked out instantly and um, painless, and he'll go away, and he'll just go into his next life and go into the next reward that he gets for his actions here. The guy says he found Jesus Christ. guy says he's saved. Okay, that's beyond my pay grade. He'll take that up when he gets either upstairs or downstairs. Okay? But... You, then you have all these court cases. You have the U.N. weighing in. you got everybody weighing in. Oh, this is not going to go like you think it's going to go. Guy can vomit in his face mask. Okay, so we, we won't feed him anything after 10 a.m., so he won't vomit. Okay, great. Here comes the night of the executions. Uh, the night of the execution. Supreme Court weighs in. Nope, we're not stopping this. Go ahead. All right. They get the guy. Put him on. Here's the mask. 22 minutes. The guy's like, they're, they're like, the, the, the gurney is shaking. And then the district, the, the guy from Alabama, what occurred last night was textbook. As of last night, nitrogen hypoxia as a means of execution is no longer an untested method. It's a proven one. And we're going to do it again. And then he says, nothing happened that we didn't think would happen. But that's not what you said going into this. You didn't say this stuff was going to happen. The people that witnessed this execution are appalled at what they saw, and they're, they've, written, they're, they've written about it in very stark terms. Of course, the victim's family says he deserved it. I wouldn't say he deserved it. I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve it. D- didn't deserve to have punishment. But for goodness sakes, what happened to the days of the firing squad? Ready, aim, fire, buy. Ready, aim, fire, buy. No 22 minutes of agony. We don't want to watch people. Derek mentioned when Derek was on, well, the blood and co- the, the drawn and quartering. Have you ever seen what the British did with this, with this draw and quartering business? It is horrific. It is worse. It is for those of you that don't know what drawn and quartering is that the British used to practice, it is a ghoulish, horrific way to leave the plane. And I'm not going to go into detail with it. You can look it up, but it is terrible beyond belief. I have seen depictions of it that make me sick to my stomach. If you go through history of mankind and you look at what the Spanish did during the Inquisition and the devices they used to get rid of people. In fact, you can go up to the Cloister Museum. And by the way, the Cloisters is a wonderful museum. I wonder if they have to get permissions from tribes too now. To me, the Cloisters, if you have never been to the Cloisters, you don't know what you're missing. If you get there the right day in spring, 
or in the fall where you can actually even have a little picnic on the grounds afterwards. And the museum is a beautiful museum. So when the garden is in bloom up there, it is so beautiful. But then you go in the museum and you can see some of the devices that were used to torture people before they were executed, or in some cases to leave them alive after torturing them. I'll give you one, just as an example. No, I'll give you two. The Spanish had this thing called the pear. It's butt stuff. And as Derek was <laughs> about this story last week, and what happens is once inserted, it opens up into your, it kills you from within, from there. It's terrible. They had another thing that they used on women. It looks like a big caliper. It was used to give women mastectomies while they were alive. The human history is replete with savagery, brutality, torture, and all the rest of that. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not, I don't go along with this. The goal shouldn't be to torture people on their way out. The goal should be make them pay for their crimes, get it done quickly, as quickly as you can, and humanely as you can. Not in a spirit of retribution and anger. We're going to make you suffer on your way out. I think what happened in Alabama was appalling. And this guy, what occurred last night was textbook. Well, if that's textbook, you need a new textbook. This is, I mean, to me, this is just not what, I don't know. All right, I've had my say. Your call is coming up. WABC Talk Radio 77. Time for the morning dance. We are halfway through the show. Oh. This is where we get up. The gang's all here. Half-Brit Nick is up dancing. Carlos is up dancing. I like Carlos rock and rolls, boy. Carlos has it going on. TJ's up. We're all dancing. And Bo Snerly is out of his chair moving. Yeah. And today, in order of the fanny pack that's coming out on the morning dance, specifically, move your fanny. Move the fanny. Because we have fanny news. <laughs> Derek, did you really just advocate for people to go view torture devices and have a nice picnic lunch? <laughs> There's more in the cloisters than that. There are a lot of beautiful artifacts and art and culture. And Derek also texted in, the execution was a success. He's dead. He can hire Satan's lawyer to sue Alabama. Ah. WABC Talk Radio 77, Saturday morning. Glad you are with us. Spira Gyra with the morning dance. Lisa! I think they should die the same way they murdered their victim. 
Lisa, that is called retribution. Nursing nurses weighed in. Nursing nurse, thank you, nursing nurse. She says, we live in a fallen world, James. Someday evil won't exist. Ah, thank you for that beautiful thought, nursing nurse. Anyway, WABC Talk Radio 77. (laughs) Morning dance. Your calls are coming up at 800-848-WABC. Later in the show, we're giving away tickets to go see Air Supply. Something that that guy could have used in Air Supply. Anyway, anyway, uh, back in a moment. Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. It was Anita's birthday yesterday, Anita Baker. So we just do a two-day birthday celebration for Anita Baker with one of my favorites, giving you the best that I've got. In exchange for everything you give to me. Read my mind, you make me feel just fine. When I think my peace of mind is out of reach. The scales are sometimes unbalanced. And you bear the weight of all that has to be. I always thought the keyboard player here sounds like um, Bruce Hornsby a little bit, the way he plays keyboards. And giving you the best that I have, Anita Baker here on WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning. Radio Extravaganza giving you... The best that I've got. Let's head to the telephones, shall we? Uh, Robert in uh, Suffolk County, uh, you're up. What's up, Robert? Good morning. How are you? Robert, going once. Robert, okay, people have been holding, so they may have stepped away from the phone. Away. We are headed to the phones now. Let's see if Silas in Staten Island is hanging around. Silas, how are you doing? Okay. How you doing? Yeah, I do like your show for the music. And uh, if you want to pull up the 50s or 60s song called Short Fat Fanny is My Heart's Desire. There's a song out there. Uh, Guess what? Guess what? It's coming up later in the show when we do our fanny pack. We have it. We we have it. Okay. Jay Giles' Giles Full House was the best album they ever did. Really? Nice. It's it's fantastic. So anyway, I wanted to talk about the, um, as far as the rich having whatever they want in sexuality, you know, with Epstein and all the rest of them. Yeah, that's the way it rolls. I mean, I've been in that type of thing. And like Derek said, when you, when you say, wait, wait a minute, Silas, when you say you've been in it, uh, does this mean that uh, when you say you've been in it, 
that you have observed it or that you have participated in these kind of things? Oh, participated. But, you know, they're all all adults and we all agree on what we do. You know, it's and then you, you live in out of fantasy. It's no different than making a movie. You know, it, there's no Terminator that actually shoots up people, but you you live out that fantasy, and then everybody goes home. You know, it's not there's nothing wrong with it, and everybody's the happier for it. When you say oh, there's no. nothing, when you say there's nothing wrong with it. Others would beg to differ. In fact, here's the thing. The giving in to one's instincts for, um, for hedonism are degrading to one's spiritual consciousness. And that is what is wrong with it From if you take that position. Sure, you can do it. There are lots of things that people can do, but just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. That because there are boundaries, and once you cross certain boundaries, then you are giving yourself into... Let me just put it like this, without trying to sound like a prudish old fuddy-duddy or whatever. If one believes in the sanctity of a sexual relationship from a spiritual point of view. There is a lot wrong with just giving in to pure hedonism. Now, maybe not for you, but a lot of people do view that and view that it should have restraint on it because that was never the purpose of it. That at its essence and at its best, it is the manifestation of something that goes a lot deeper than pure physical pleasure. So I'll just... Give you the last word on that, Silas. Go ahead. Okay, I'm just saying you don't do underage, and you don't do things that hurt people. Period. But like doing things on people, like doing things on people's head, like Mister this guy was alleged to have done. Ill. No, that's just that's just stupid. Like the other guy that they did put in jail, you know that that, that with the Me Too and thing, he could have paid any actor actress to do what he wanted why would he keep hitting on women who wanted nothing to do with him so he deserved to go to jail because he's an idiot but if you Uh can pay someone to fill out your fantasy then you pay them and do it i see (laughs) interesting silas i appreciate your call so much and thank you for being so uh open about and, and 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 bringing this up the way that you did appreciate it thank you silas thank you let us so let's continue. Rocco in Saratoga. How are you, Rocco? Hey, how you doing, Bo, this morning? Well, 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 I hope. I am. How are you doing? Oh, excellent, excellent. Stevie Wonder talking book, a, a seminal album. In music. Absolutely. Total genius. Total genius, right? Showing through, showing through right there. Definitely. Hey, Bo, you couldn't yes. pay me. You couldn't pay me to probe Fanny Fanny. You couldn't oh. pay me. Oh, no. I'm just saying no. the angry residents in Fulton County, Georgia, are demanding a probe into Fanny. That's what the headline says. 
Angry residents demand probe into DA Fannie Willis funny business at fiery district meeting. They want a probe into Fannie. Ugh, Rocco. Let me ask you another question, Rocco. This business, it says here you wanted to talk briefly about the rise and fall of the Roman Empire with regard to this WWE business. What is that about? Oh, yeah, about Caligula, Roman times, when Caligula came, orgies, wild, crazy stuff, the start of the fall of the Roman Empire. Everything went with Caligula. You talk about debauchery. Oh, my goodness. Read it. Read it. The rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Caligula went wild, wild. And the Roman Empire started to decline. That's and the I'm Roman saying. Empire, thank you. By the way, the Roman Empire took about 600 years to completely make a decline from its heyday. And what you're saying is there are a lot of forces at work. Number one, a lot of culture started coming into the Roman Empire and not adopting to the Roman culture, but instead it became balkanized. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Then you have this, what exactly what Rocco was talking about, this uncontrolled debauchery and hedonism that spread through every aspect. And that, and, and that would be a lack of moral compass in the society. But it took 600 years from the beginning of the fall of the Roman Empire till the Roman Empire was no more. From what it was now, some would argue that the Roman Empire still exists in some way. But uh, that's a whole different discussion. We got to go. Take a break. More of your calls. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Who's this, Nick? I was going for uh, "You're the Sunshine of My Life," you know, Stevie Wonder, because we're talking about the talking book record. But this is a different version. Oh, so you got Frank's. That's fine. You have Frank's version. This is Frank. Yeah. Frank Sinatra. And by the way, it was a big deal when Frank did this. A lot of people, when Frank covered You Are the Sunshine of My Life, it actually made headlines in the trades and other stuff. It was like a real big deal. Frank Sinatra doing a cover song for, of Stevie Wonder's. I like it. I find myself drowning in my own tears. You are the sunshine of my life. You are listening to WABC Talk Radio 77. Be and we'll be back. Stay with us. Forever you stay in my heart. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Well, that's why baby left me. Well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lone Street, that heartbreak hotel around me. I'll be just a lonely baby. 1956, on this day, RCA Records. Releases Heartbreak Hotel. Crowded, you still can find some room for broken heart in the 
300,000 copies they moved in the first week. This became Elvis Presley's first gold record on the RCA label. Heading back to the telephones, Mark in New Jersey. Thank you for waiting. Thank you, sir. First of all, I love you. I, I listen to you, you every day. Every day at work, I'm, I'm driving truck during the day, and I listen to you all day long. Anyway, um, the reason I, the reason I call you welcome. Thank you. Uh, the reason I called well, originally, you actually busted out with with my point, which was originally, which was the Eric Adams situation. As soon as he spoke out against the border, they, like you said, slapped him. But yep. I wondered if, like. If him, Cuomo, all these guys that do say something, if they reverse course, then all of a sudden those things will go away. Would they go away? Would they just like? Okay, I don't think they're going to go away because they want to. They want whoever is behind this move to take out Cuomo. They want him taken out permanently. This is not politically speaking. This is not a one-off. This was a takedown of the sitting governor of New York at the time who was considered a threat. He was considered, before this takedown, the biggest threat to Joe Biden was considered to be if Andrew Cuomo threw his his hat in the ring. And all of a sudden, here comes Letitia James, who seems to be acting as kind of a New York henchman or hitman for the Biden administration. She's the one responsible. She wants to take down Trump. She wants to take down, and she sure did take down Andrew Cuomo. Don't forget Letitia James' role in this. It was said yesterday, where uh, or the day before, I'm not sure which, uh, on your show, where if uh, the rape is the first way to go, because you can't undo a rape. Even if you get proven innocent, people still think that you're guilty of it. And they still will will do this, that, and the other to to say that. Look at the, the kids from Duke. They got proven that they didn't do it, and, you know, they, they still have trouble making lives for themselves. Right. That Once that's attached to your name, it is very, very difficult. And then you have, so you have Cuomo, and then you had Adams open his mouth, and you, you saw what happened with him. Humiliation. It's not just, look, they could have gone to his office and yeah. said, you know what, we need to see your phone. No. They did it in public. They wanted to humiliate him and, and send a message. All the time, Sid says all the time. He he didn't even yet call out Biden. He just said national, national, the national. And he didn't right. even call out Biden for, for the for the border. He didn't say his name. Sid was trying to get him to say his name. Imagine if he said his name. Imagine what he would be dealing with. Yeah, imagine what he'd be dealing with. We'd already be talking about. Oh, never mind. I don't want to mention the words Arkansas. Well, anyway, thank you, Mark. I so appreciate you calling. Thank you for your kind words. Let us go to Margaret in Westchester. Hi, Margaret. How are you? Hi, James. I'm good. Um, I'm calling because of the the um, talk about the death penalty and what this man went through when, when, they, when they applied the penalty to him. And it occurs to me that Two wrongs don't make a right. And I'm not arguing pro or con death penalty. What I'm arguing is the spirit of the intent. If that man killed somebody for $1,000, he deserves to die. Okay, fine. Society says that. But 
once we get into how that person is being, uh, you know, put to death, then there's a then there's a spirit of it. It's it's like do I, you know, okay, he he's going to go to death, but if I say he deserves a horrible death and he should be drawn and quartered and he should be this and he should be that, then in my heart, I have a murderous intent. Boom! There you go. Yeah, see, Margaret. You're, see, that's. A, I'm so happy you expressed it like that because you have just put it there. It is. What is your intent? Is your intent to do justice, or is your intent to seek retribution and revenge for something you think is wrong? And these things should be done with a spirit of justice and done as humanely as possible, without an ounce of thinking that there is some benefit to rep- retribution in this. Now, I remember there was a case in Oklahoma. This guy had raped a three-year-old girl to death and was on death row. And his his, his execution got botched. And this is the guy I think they had to take him to a hospital, and it took a while. And to me, that was kind of like, okay, that was kind of a divine thing that happened. Right. It's like no, you gonna you gonna pay for this, right? But that should never be the intent to cause somebody a horrible death. That should never be the intent. Margaret, thank you. Our number duo is over. Our number trio on the way up, and in the trio hour, we're going to hear from America's small caffeinated mom. We're also. Going to be giving away some tickets to go see Air Supply. Bob Brown coming up with WABC News. Hour number three of the Saturday morning radio extravaganza remains to be had. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number trio of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC Talk Radio 77. 800 848 WABC is the number to reach us. 800 848 9222. During the uh, news break, I've been getting text messages as I have all morning from people arguing back and forth, the bloodthirsty among us. If someone knows they will die the same way they kill someone else, maybe they won't do it. It's a deterrent. It's also justice. Justice is subjective. Um, That deterrent thing, really, Lisa, really, if that were the case, Nobody in Texas would be committing murder because Texas don't play around. They put that little pesky needle there, and sooner or later, if you're in Texas, chances are when you're sentenced to death row, you're not coming off it except in a box. Okay? If so, if deterrence really worked, there'd be no murders in Texas. Okay? Florida is less than Texas. In the days of old Sparky, there were there were horrible stories about what happened if you got the electric chair 
That didn't stop people from doing any horrible crimes. They did them anyway. And they knew that some of the stuff people knew that some of the things that they were doing could cause them to end up in the chair. Oh, Sparky didn't scare them. Somehow or another, evil people are not scared by the fact that they think they'll pay for their crimes because they think they're so smart they're never going to get caught and they're never going to have to pay for them. At least sometimes. Now, we don't know, and you could be right. We don't know what hasn't happened. So perhaps there are people who said, ah, I better not do that because I could end up in Old Sparky. But that's theoretical. We don't know that to be the case. All I'm saying is you do things humanely. I don't understand this idea that it takes 22 minutes of torture to get rid of, I shouldn't say torture, 22 minutes of an unpleasant, well, it's all unpleasant, isn't it? 22 minutes when it could be, like I said, ready, aim, fire, buy. And that's that. Not 22 minutes of drawn-out agony. It's like, let's just, you know. But this leads me into a broader discussion anyway, which I'm still, I've been trying, I've been thinking about this for years, folks. We're Americans. These states... If you commit murder and you kill an American citizen in one state, like if you're in California, this girl, she stabs her boyfriend to death, stabs him 108 times. One hundred. Think about that for a minute. Oh, I may stab you and take you out on the first try, but no, I'm going to do 107 more stabs to make sure I got gotcha. you. She's walking Free today because, oh, she was high. She smoked a little weed. We're California. She was high. Let her go. Uh, Check in with your probation officer. Do some community service. And uh, you may want to warn your next boyfriend about your past. But if you're in other states, that might send you to your end. I've never understood why murder is not a federal crime. Because you are taking away a citizen before you are the citizen of your individual state, which you can move states. You are a citizen of the United States. And to me, murder should always be, especially these kind of heinous murders, you're taking away someone's life. That should be, they are a citizen of the country. And that's who should be dealing with this so that there's consistency in every single state that you go to. If you take someone's life, you should know what the punishment is going to be up front. And it should be consistent and delivered consistently. The same equal justice under the law. Not this hodgepodge of laws where if you live in California and you live around a bunch of these liberal kooks, you can, you can just stab somebody to death 108 times and walk free. Anyway, half Brit Nick, it's time. Let's do it.
We've been waiting a day. Short Fat Fanny. It's our Fanny Willis update. It's the Fanny's Fanny. Again, you know the headline of the story because I've been talking about it. Angry residents demand probe into Da Fanny. Oh, that's D-A. Anyway, it reads, angry residents demand probe into Da Fanny Willis. Yeah, they want to probe into Da Fanny. (laughs) Residents of Fulton County, Georgia, called for District Attorney Fannie Willis to be investigated at a fiery meeting of the county's Board of Commissioners on Wednesday. During the public input section of the meeting, residents zeroed in on Willis and her relationship with Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, who was paid almost $700,000 to investigate election fraud in the county. And... What was his background? I'm veering away from the story. Keep in mind, every time we talk about her lover, her boyfriend, the fanny maker, that Mr. Wade had been working in traffic court before being assigned to the biggest political case, a RICO case with which he has zero experience. He's never even worked criminal cases. Let a RICO case, yet fanny puts him on the biggest criminal RICO case in American history. That fanny something else. One of the residents, Derek Blassingame, I'm done with Fulton County fumbling our election. I'm disgusted at the DA's apparent love affair with the special prosecutor. Another resident there, Kevin Maldoni, has come to light special prosecutor way Bill the county for 24 hours in a single day, I guess his outstanding stamina was a prerequisite for his position. Hmm, what's position? Fulton, <laughs> Fulton County Commissioners never approved of the hiring but paid him anyway. I'm requesting this board perform a full audit of Willis's entire budget. Seems she's wasted a ton of taxpayer dollars on non-county business. She's taking care of that Fanny business. Anyway, the residents want to probe into Fanny. Amazon Prime Washington Post in our Fanny pack of stories. Trump attorneys accused Fanny Willis of trying to foment racial bias. Oh, they figured it out. Lawyers defending uh, former President Donald Trump in Georgia on Thursday accused Fulton County District Attorney Fanny T. Willis of making racially charged accusations against the defendants that could prejudice the future jury and asked a judge to disqualify her and 
to dismiss the case. The motion from lawyer Steve Sadow and Jennifer and Little filed in Fulton uh, County Superior Court comes more than two weeks after Trump's co-defendant Mike Roman alleged in a court filing that Willis appointed Nathan Wade to serve as lead prosecutor in the case and subsequently paid him more than $650,000 in hourly fees. Yeah, what was he getting besides the money? Uh, a next story from the DailyBS.com. Fannie Willis fails to disclose airline ticket paid for by alleged lover doc show. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis failed to disclose a plane ticket purchased in her name by her alleged lover Nathan Wade according to a 2022 financial disclosure form obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Willis did not disclose any gifts from Wade on her annual income and financial disclosure report for 2022, which requires the disclosure of any gift or favor above $100. Would you call what Nathan Wade is getting a favor? And if so, what kind of favor is it? Is it a fanny favor? Is it a... Moving on. Trump's lawyers filed a motion to disqualify. We already did that over the race code. That also was in the Epic Times. They did a big story on it. Here's another story. This one from the Daily BS as well. Georgia State Senate approves committee to investigate the Fanny, Fanny Willis. The Georgia State Senate approved Friday, that would be yesterday, the creation of a committee to investigate Fulton County District Attorney Da Fannie Willis. The Senate voted 30 to 19 to investigate Willis in response to allegations that she awarded her alleged lover, Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, a lucrative contract that she benefited from when she took her on vacations using money he earned from his position. Yeah. That story goes on. You can find it at the Daily BS. You can also find this one at the Daily BS. Trump joins motion to dismiss racketeering case to disqualify Fannie Willis over her alleged misconduct. Former President Donald Trump moved Thursday to adopt the co-defendant's motion to dismiss the Georgia racketeering case and disqualify Da Fannie Willis for alleged misconduct. And that, my friends, is the Fanny Pack. That's the latest of the Fanny news. As the probe into the Fanny, the probe into Da Fanny, D.A. Fanny Willis, intensifies. It is really becoming a journalistic deep probe into Fanny. And we shall see what the result of the probe into Fanny yields next week. We will keep you advised. We will collect all of the news items 
and we will make sure that you are aware every single inch, well, every single story that has relevance as the probe into Daphne Willis continues. A little bit later in this hour will be your chance to win tickets to go see Air Supplies coming up this hour on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza heading back to the telephones and then a little bit later in the hour aside from having a chance to win tickets We'll hear from America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock. Saturday morning here on WABC. It is your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Snurdly on 77 WABC. Birthday today for Mark Owen. Singer with Take That. This was a huge hit for them back in 1995. Back. For good. A picture of you beside me Got your lipstick marks Still on your coffee cup Oh, yeah WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York Cousin Brissy comes up later this evening The one, the only, Cousin Brissy Right now, let's head back to the telephone. Sandra in New Jersey, you've been waiting, and thank you for your patience. How are you this morning, Sandra? Oh, very well, thank you, James. How are you? How's everything doing? Well, my day just got brighter talking to you, Sandra. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, I had three little bullet points I wanted to bounce by you from what I learned today on your show. The first okay. thing, um, yeah, um, Kenneth Smith. First time he was uh, he was spared by eleven to one jury to stay life in prison. That was taken away from him by a judge. The second time he got the lethal injection, it didn't work. And then the third time he got this horrible way to die. And I agree with you on that. But I also want to say, last night on the Greg Kelly show, he showed a picture of Miss Semit. I think that's her name uh, on a horse with, you know, barefoot, with a dress, and the beautiful little boy in her arms. Now, that picture remains in my mind. But it's still, I still feel like you, the way they did this to this man is not fair. First, he's awarded to stay in prison his whole life, and then that's taken away. And then the botched-up second attempt, and then this third awful attempt that he knew was a question mark way to go. 
And I'm sure he had a lot of anxiety even before they did that to him. So that sticks in my mind and bothers me too. And then I just wanted to say with uh, E.J. Carroll, I, I hope Derek is right. I can't see her getting one penny, let alone $84 million, which is insanity, Bo. Crazy. And then the last thing I wanted to say is I'm happy to see that um, – uh, the governor of Texas is getting so much support from 25 other Republicans, you know, number, strength in numbers. And we're going to maybe stand up to this administration and not accept unacceptable behavior. Because, like they say, if you have your house and someone comes in it, you want to defend yourself. This man wants to defend his state. So those are the three things I wanted to bounce by you. Well, thank you. Now, let me just comment on, on uh, one, two, three. Number two, the, the one that you raised about this man, again, I agree with you. He, well, what happened to him was an unusual case. Uh, 11 to 1 is not a unanimous verdict, and so uh, he, he should have been, according to the law at the time, just had a life sentence. But as you pointed out, the judge wanted him to pay with his life. They brought the trial back second time. Okay, he got the death penalty. They tried it. Yep, he... They couldn't find a vein by the time the warrant uh, ran out, so that was botched. Then comes this thing. All right, you're going to do this? To me, just do it, get it over with. Don't make people suffer. This thing that they told us, and, they, and what they said specifically was, oh, within 30 seconds he'll be knocked out cold, won't feel a thing. That wasn't the case. So they didn't know. No one knew what was going to happen here. And all I'm saying, there's an easier way to do this. And we should, as a society, not be in the business of retribution or drawing out this thing that happens with capital punishment, but make it quick and humane and over. That's all. I'm not saying I'm against capital punishment. I'm not saying that people don't deserve the fate that they get when they take someone's life. If you're in California, you can stab somebody 108 times and get off on probation. It's California. You know, but uh, but but the way that this happened in Alabama was, to me, just disgraceful. It's just disgraceful. And as for Governor Abbott, Governor Abbott is waging a fight to defend Texas like we have not seen in any other governorship when it comes to this illegal immigration. After Joe Biden won the case that they brought against him to remove the barbed wire, they're leaving it in place. Derek talked about that earlier this morning. They want the issue. They didn't expect the Supreme Court to go along with this. I did, by the way, because to me it's black-letter law that the feds run immigration. And I don't think we're going to get a lot of relief from the Supreme Court when it comes to these matters. But the interesting thing is, that now you do have 25 other governors that are saying, hey, and and people are saying it loudly. There's something as Chip Roy, who's been on this program, you know, Chip is a great guy. Chip, before he was a congressman, was Ted Cruz's COS, chief of staff. Chip Roy the other day said, listen, they should just ignore the Supreme Court. To me, I, that was stunning coming from Chip. I don't be- ignore the Supreme Court. 
as much as I love Chip, I don't agree with ignore the Supreme Court. I think that's a very dangerous precedent for conservatives to be saying, ignore the Supreme Court ruling. That's what Democrats do. Oh, we don't like that ruling on abortion. Ignore it. We don't like to ignore it. No, you don't ignore the law. You change the law if you don't like it. Now, Congress has the ability to write the law in such a way that the Supreme Court has to enforce the law. And so make that change happen in Congress. But this immigration issue, there's something else strange going on about it. The senators are complaining that they can't see this deal, the text of the deal that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer have cooked up together. Mike Lee is out complaining about that. So what's in this deal? And why aren't they sharing it with their own senators, the GOP senators, and then having all the details shared with the American people? What's in this deal that Schumer and the turtle have cooked up? That question needs to be answered. Sandra, great call. Thank you. Dan in Long Island, thank you for waiting, sir. You're on the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Hello? Yep, Dan, you're on. Come off the speaker if you can so we can hear you. How you doing, Dan? My name, yeah, my name is Dan McCarthy. Uh, I'm a retired New York City detective. I was the personal bodyguard for Q.L. Terry, governor, back in the 70s. And the governor, on his first term, took the city out of bankruptcy and became one of those popular governors in the city. He almost lost his second term because he was totally against the death penalty. And the reason was he was a colonel in World War II, and he had to liberate one of the concentration camps and say what he saw was so horrendous, he would never allow the state to take anybody's life. Wow. That's an amazing story. Now, let me tell you something. Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. Today is the anniversary when Auschwitz was liberated by American troops. And and what the Americans found there was so appalling that Dwight D. Eisenhower, Supreme Commander of our efforts over there, forced the people in the neighboring towns to come in and see what had been taking place so that they would never forget it. And what was at those death camps is still, not was appalling, is still to the human consciousness so appalling. One would hope that after the things that have been experienced, in World War II, that people would have learned. And yet, what do we see? We see these colleges around America invoking the same kind of ugly anti-Semitism that was the fabric of Nazi Germany. It is sad. This is WABC. It is a Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 
America's Small Caffeinated Mom is coming up, and also your chance to win tickets to go see Air Supply. So you want to keep it right here. This is The Spinners, 1970. Song produced by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, he was the producer on this record. And this is before Felipe took over as the lead singer. This was a great summertime hit, that summer of 70. On WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Marvin and Tammy. Bring us back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. does a killer cover of this song? Aretha Franklin. Aretha does this, and she totally changes the style of the song. Aretha kills this. I almost like Aretha as much as I like this one. This is Aretha's version of that song. Sing it, Ree. Let's head back to the telephones really quickly. Debbie in Long Island, welcome. You're on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Debbie? Good, Bo. Good morning to you. I, I enjoy listening to your show so much that on Saturdays for this uh, radio extravaganza, I plan all my errands and chores around it. 10 o'clock comes, I'm free to go. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for that. Uh, the nature of my call is, although I could comment about everything, but I know my time is limited. 
it's in reference to the uh, probe into the fanny pack. Aha. Uh-huh. The... Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a very good twist on the lingo there. Really very <laughs> apropos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've been following the fanny, have you? You've been following Da Fanny. I've been following Da Fanny. Yes, I have. And uh, let me tell you something. I've also been following, I'm a big court TV fan. I follow all the major trials. And as soon as I found out about this thing with this uh, traffic ticket attorney, I said, you know what? She is the one who brought a RICO charge against this rapper, Young Thug, who is a rags to riches guy. He's on charge, uh, trial for murder. All of his uh, co-conspirators already cop pleas, so, but he's, he's going out full force with a trial. Uh, so much so that these lead attorneys that comment on this uh, case are saying she was able to get the judge to allow the lyrics of these songs to be brought in to prove that because he talks about killing and guns and this and that and the other thing, that he's guilty. So now you got Trump, now you got this uh, night school lawyer, and and you got the Young Thug case? I mean, I, somebody should really look into this whole thing because it, this seems like it's a problem. Well, I think that we should expand the probe into Daphne. <laughs> I think that we do need to look deeper and see what is deeper in Daphne as we you have indicated this is another Rico case. Yeah. Now, let me just say this. There are others in the music community like Mr. Z. That would be Mr. Z of the Beyonce and Z Empire. Right. Mr. Z and others have been protesting this move by not only Da Fanny, but other prosecutors to introduce lyrics into evidence because it is not. Right. Uh, yes. And so this is worthy of further investigation. Let us see who Daphne has in her sights and what's it happening there. And thank you, Debbie. We appreciate the heads up. Thank you so much. All right, my dear. You have a great day. You too. Thank you, my love. Now, it is time for us to check in with America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock, out there in America's heartland. Daphne is not around. Hello, good morning, Aranda. You know, she really is going through a rough stretch, isn't she? I know she brought this on herself, but can you imagine being the butt of all those jokes? <laughs> you too, Rhonda. You too. I can't help it. <laughs> and now I'll invite her over for coffee with me, and maybe I can uh, give her a little found wisdom and counsel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you going to tell her, to stay away from Dating? Never mind. I don't, never, <laughs> let, let me stop. Anyway, uh, Rhonda, I know what the essay is about this week because I was so incensed uh, earlier in the week, and also it was it was an unusual thing that we saw where a Democrat congressman actually spent some time with some Trump people. And that was the basis 
for moving into your essay this week. Why don't you tell us about yes. it? Yes, um, I, I absolutely love this topic. I love the challenge that you gave to me. And I went back into the show that day uh, when, when you spoke about it, and I listened to that segment over and over and over, and I took notes. It was a remarkable uh, thing that happened. Dean Phillips was you know, at a campaign event in New Hampshire this week, presidential candidate, and when he came out of his campaign event, he saw that across the street there were – lines of Trump voters who were standing, had been standing in the cold for hours for a Trump rally. And he said, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people and doesn't condemn them. And so he crossed the street. There's something symbolic in that, I think, but he crossed the street and he talked to about 50 of the people who were waiting in line. He said it was a diverse group. And to his great surprise, every single one of those Trump voters that he spoke to were, and these are his descriptors, they were thoughtful, hospitable, and friendly. And they were frustrated because nobody, they felt, seems to be listening to them, nobody except Donald Trump. And so when he was recounting this story later um, on, on television, this was what he said, my party is completely delusional. What what a stunning admission from a Democrat who is running for president. I, I just thought that was uh, quite a bit of humility for him, and I, I appreciated that. But if, if your sole source of information, James, is the mainstream media, which apparently even his was, then you will conclude that conservatives are, are pretty much evil, that we're racist, bigots, we hate women and children. We're intolerant. We're cold-hearted SOBs that just want to trample immigrants. We're just greedy capitalists who trample also on poor people. It's, it's outrageous, and they have defined us so loudly for so long that that's what so many people believe. And you and I just felt that it was time that someone mounts an explanation of, and a defense of who we are as conservatives. Now, every group by shape and nature has fringes. So I'm not speaking today to or for the fringes of our, our group, our movement, whatever you want to call it, the conservative people. I want to speak, uh, speak on all of our behalf because we're tired of being unseen, unheard, and mischaracterized. So it was a wonderful exercise for me to sit down and think, who are we actually and what do we stand for? And hopefully you will have some ideas, too, if I've missed anything, things that are important to our movement. First of all, James, we are patriots. We love America as she was founded. We know our history and we're not ashamed of it. We are proud. We think it's a gift to live here in this country. We know that our forefathers were imperfect people. We don't worship them. We don't deny their uh, sins and mistakes and failings. But we acknowledge the Almighty who was inspiring them and whose idea America was. And so we give thanks. We think it's a privilege. We love life. We love life at every age, at every stage. Because, again, we know the giver of life. We believe that even the unborn bear an inviolable dignity, and they have the right to live and breathe. That's what millions of us believe. 
We value law and order. Without the enforcement of law, you report on this all the time in New York City, criminals run amok and, and we have disorder. This is law unused. When law is not enforced, it's law unused. But when corrupt and evil men and women misuse the law to pursue uh, and crush innocent people, and we're seeing so much of that, this is law misused and it's law abused. And we, we strive for the balance between law and order. We're lovers of freedom, James. We love freedom. The only left that we on the right want is to be left alone. We Amen. want to be left alone. We believe that citizens should be free from oppressive regulations that stifle uh, the flow of business. We're tired. And my husband and I are small business owners. We're tired of being taxed and regulated into oblivion. We're being penalized for our hard work, our creativity, and our drive. And Rush used to talk about this. They penalize achievement. We believe that when American enterprise flourishes, families are fed and lives are improved. And we saw this under President Trump. We believe that this dream is available to everyone. The people and that you know, I know, you know mm-hmm. go ahead. well, go ahead. we believe that we should be free, free to raise our kids as we see fit. We reject, um, this is my husband and I and so many others like this, we reject all pressure to sexualize them, to adopt any narrative or belief that does not align with our, the common sense that we have. And with our faith, we think that we as parents know best, and we denounce any government attempts to take our place. We just reject that soundly. We also hold to our right and our privilege to worship freely without persecution and to share our faith and our opinions without reprisals. That's what we believe. That's who we are. We also And you have believe, nailed that totally. Yes. Yes. You know what, Rhonda? I want to continue this. I want to continue this, but I also have to look at the clock here and okay. and quickly give away some tickets before time is oh. too late. Okay. Yes, to go see Air Supply. So yeah, I want to encourage one. people to go to the Daily BS and read the whole thing about who we are. And let you and I continue this discussion because this is vital. We have yeah. to define ourselves, and we have to let people know who we are. And you have done a masterful job in starting that conversation, and we need to continue that conversation about who we are. I would and love not that. Just among, not just among ourselves. We have to have a conversation just the congressman, Democrat congressman, cross the street to talk, talk yes. to Trump supporters. We have to cross the street and talk to liberals. It requires humility and curiosity. And I have some very dear friends who are liberal and as blue as the day is long, and we have so much in common, and we love each other so much and respect each other highly. It is possible, but we have to cross that street and have those conversations. America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock. Where can people find your website, Rhonda? RhondaSchrock.com. Come visit me. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, Rhonda. It is your chance right now, ladies and gentlemen to win tickets to go see Air Supply. If you are the seventh caller, you will win two tickets to see Air Supply Saturday, August 10th at NYCB Theater at Westbury. 
Now, if you miss your chance to win, don't worry about that. You can go and get your tickets right now at LiveNation.com. Seventh caller right now wins two tickets to go see Air Supply, August 10th at NYCB Theater at Westbury, 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-9222. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. And just like that, we shift gears. During the break, one of my dear friends who I met on this program shot me a quick text. He is the conductor. Patrick Burns. Patrick is the composer of this. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Oasis. It is such a beautiful song and has such a beautiful story behind it. Anyway, Patrick. Patrick hails in New Jersey, teaches in New Jersey. His music is on games. His music is everywhere. He's just an amazing human being. He's going to join us next week for a little bit. I just want to say hi. Hey, Patrick. Love your music all the time, buddy. We have our seventh caller to go see Air Supply. And uh, so that's that. You can get your tickets at Live Nation. Let's go to Viviana in Brooklyn. Viviana, how are you? Thank you for waiting and thank you for being so patient. How are you doing, uh, Viviana, in Brooklyn and New York? Uh, thank you, my friend. And um, I couldn't agree more with our uh, caffeinated mom. I don't. I don't know if I have the term right. Yes, you um, do. America's we, small caffeinated mom. Okay, amen. So, um, what I had called about was the importance of people sticking up, or, or rather, speaking up. I have Mayor Adams. He was finally speaking the truth about the migrant crisis, how it was going to destroy New York City, and because of that, he got a slap down. Uh, the the old Biden um, did a bait and switch. We will provide. First, old Biden um, invited them, and then if you invite, we'll help you. Now, the thing is that they can't have any dissension in the in the ranks, and I really am glad that he did say something about it. What I wanted to uh, also bring up, James, is a very courageous um, newly elected president of Argentina, Javier Milier. Yes. He did did a smackdown of Klaus Schwab and all of those elitists. They're not elites. They're elitists that want to take over control. And he said in front of them at the WEF uh, World Economic Forum that collectivism does not work. We need more courageous people to say that socialism never worked. And he said in his, in his uh, own um, nation, the only thing that he saw and for the nations of the rest is free market capitalism. 
He says, if we go down the, the route that you want us to go down, we are going to have poverty. So I am saluting the people that are speaking up courageously because courage is contagious. And we courage have to be a threat is. to them. Courage is contagious. And thank you for that. And by the way, there's also a new leader in Ecuador that we need to keep looking at. He's also another bold leader that's speaking up. And you can see the not only the powers in these individual nations that are lining up against these guys, but you can see the globalists who are lining up against both of these leaders in South America. And this is really a worldwide movement, this socialist movement that has encroached so much of our society. Well, just like that, another Saturday, Saturday morning radio extravaganza, our number trio, done. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, my friends, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we're back Monday for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour at 4 p.m. on this, the greatest radio station in the United States of America, WABC. And I have the greatest crew in radio. And I am grateful to each and every one of you. See you later. Bye.